Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, thank you to our worship team for doing such a fantastic job today. So if you've got your Bible or your device or you can pull it up right there on your screen, turn to Psalm chapter 1. The very first Psalm, 150 Psalms, we're going to look at the very first one today. And I'm preaching a message to graduates, but for all of us today that I want you to hear. And the title of my sermon is going to be this, You Choose. You Choose. We were, (laughs) we've been told for a long time what 2020 was supposed to be like. Like Really, for decades and decades, 2020 was, was one of those dates that we look towards that all kinds of amazing things were going to happen. Like even back in the 60s, we were making predictions in the 80s and 90s. But even in the 2000s, that 2020 has been a target date where things were going to be different. Things were going to change. And so... I thought I'd share with you today some of the predictions that have been made over the last few years about 2020. Here is what 2020 was supposed to look like. For for example, uh, life expectancy was supposed to rise past 100. These first two or three I'll give you were from a guy named Ray Kurzweil who predicted in 1999 that human life expectancy would rise to over 100. And though we may be living a uh, long time now, uh, uh, we're not anywhere close to 100 yet. The second thing he predicted is that books will be dead. He said paper books and documents would be rarely used or accessed. Most of the documents would be scanned in and available online. Now, well, I'll be honest, he's not really far off on this one, but he he missed it a little bit because we're, we're not all digital. We're still reading books, and I still have my Bible, and I still like the smell of a, of a book for some reason. So close, but not quite. Number three, Ray predicted this, that your every move will be tracked. Now, I'm pretty sure he got this one right. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that if President Trump wanted to know where I was right now, he can find me somehow. There are cameras everywhere, there are location devices on our phone and our watches and everything we do. We may not be fully implementing it all right now, but I am pretty sure I'm being watched by satellite this very moment. So maybe, maybe close. Another prediction that came about, not by Ray, but by uh, two guys who were scientists, Schwartz and Layden, predicted that by 2020, uh, uh, really by 2010, that cars would be able to go months without refueling, that they would be hydrogen powered and that hydrogen power would let us go thousands of miles before we ever needed to refuel. Well, 2020 got here and I'm getting about 16 miles a gallon in my truck, so uh, that didn't happen at all. Another prediction that was made was by 2020, Americans will work 26 hours a week. 1968, physicist Herman Kahn and futurist Anthony Weiner predicted that by this time, we would cut down our 
our week, uh, work week from about 37 hours at the time down to about 26 today. Well, we're working less than we did in 1968, but we've only shaved two hours. The average American last year worked uh, 35 hours a week, so that's probably the world you live in. Number six, I find interesting. They predicted that we would live in flying houses. Inventor, science writer, and futurist Arthur C. Clark, who co-wrote the screenplay for the 2001 A Space Odyssey, believed in 1966 that by 2020, our houses would float and we'd just be able to send them off anywhere. So when you went on vacation, you didn't have to rent a condo. You just flew your house down to Florida for whatever reason. And last I checked, mine was, when I left a few hours ago, mine was still on the ground. So that one maybe is not so much. Number seven, uh, they predicted uh, Michael J. O'Farrell, founder of the Mobile Institute, who actually gets a lot of stuff correct, said in 2014, he wrote a book called Shift 2020, and he said, he wrote this in 2014, that by 2020, telepathy and teleportation would be available. And then by 2040, it would be common practice. That by 2020, we should be able to communicate with our thoughts and we should be able to uh, beam ourselves from one place to another. I think Arnold did that in The Terminator, but the rest of us, not so much. And finally, number eight, the last one, they predicted in 1966, Time Magazine predicted that nobody will work and everybody will be rich. In an article called The Futurist, they predicted that machines will be so mass-producing things for us that we would all be independently wealthy, we would all have everything we needed, and we'd all be wealthy, and none of us would have to work. Well, hello 2020 graduates. Instead of flying cars and living to 100 and teleportation and incredible wealth and no job, Here's what we're handing you. Coronavirus, isolation, shelter in place, mask wearing, no sports, no graduation, no prom, no college. Thank you very much. As a matter of fact, we've gone backwards, not forwards in 2020. I mean, 2020 took a bad turn in a hurry. And so there's one thing science predicted. There's the other reality that we live in. So here's what I want you to know to the class of 2020, that no matter what world you are released into, some things are going to be different and some things are going to remain the same. The fact is, I can't predict what's going to be different. You may be a kid watching this and you're the class of 2026. I have no idea what 2026 is going to look like. We have no idea what the rest of 2020 or 2021 is going to look like. We don't know. I can't worry about the things that change, but I can tell you some things that will stay the same. For example, here's what you need to know. There is still a heaven and a hell. Like If you're a graduate, I want you to understand that there, is, there are still only two places to go when you die. One is heaven, one is hell, and that will never change. One is with God, one is away from God. Second thing I want you to know that doesn't change is Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. 
You're, you're going to have some people tell you when you get into college, you're going to have them say, well, well, there all roads lead to heaven. No, no, no. Jesus is still the way, the truth, and life. And no matter what world you're born into or released into, that never changes. The third thing I want you to know is the Bible is still the Word of God. Like no, no matter what world we live in today, the Bible is still true. The Bible is still accurate. It is still God's Word to you and to me, and that will never change. What else will never change is we're not promised tomorrow. I know that sounds a little depressing, but when you start for college, you, you feel like, you, feel like well, you have your whole life in front of you, and you probably do, but I want us all to be aware that whether you're 18, 22, 32, 52, or 72, we're not promised tomorrow it's appointed unto man wants to die, and it pays to always be ready to meet the Lord because here's what we also know. One day we'll stand before a holy God and give an account of our lives. The Bible says every deed done in the body, every word ever, ever, ever said is being recorded in heaven for a day when you will stand before God. And God doesn't look over the college years. Next thing I want you to know is this. Relationships matter more than you think. That's always been true and always will be true. That your relationships are going to matter more than you think. Sometimes when you're starting to grow up in life, you think family's not as important. It, it's important and you'll realize it one day. You think friends are not important. I'm just telling you, relationships are the key to life. Your relationship with God and your relationship with others. I want to tell you this, just so you know it. A teachable spirit is critical for life and success. That's always been true. Read the book of Proverbs. It always will be true. One of the most important things you can do as you go into college and really for the rest of your life is maintain a te teachable spirit. You will never meet anyone who knows everything and you will never know everything. There's always this little period in middle school and college where you think you've learned it all. Trust me, you haven't and you'll realize that one day because we all did. And finally, let me tell you what else doesn't change. Every decision you make will steer your life one direction or another. Every decision you make will steer, steer your life one direction or another. And that, that one is more important than you realize it is because every decision you make in life, being today, in the past, or going forward, the choices you make in life, the decisions you make every day will affect you for a lifetime. Let me tell you what happens. The decisions you make today will affect your immediate future. And they will affect your long-term future as well. Good or bad? They're decisions we all wish we could go back and undo. We can't. And every decision you make, good or bad, will affect your future. So that's why I want to talk about Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 opens up the book of Psalms, laying out our choices in life. So let's read those together. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners nor sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. 
Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. You choose. By virtue of its language, Psalm chapter 1 is a wisdom psalm. The the language in Psalm chapter 1 more likely reflects a proverb than it even does a psalm. But the very first word is a word of of a comforting promise of happiness to those who are God-fearing people. And Psalm 1 stands as the gateway to all of the wisdom literature that Psalm chapter 1 sets it up that you're going to choose with your life. You're going to choose whether you have a successful life or whether you don't. And that comes down to a few certain choices. So do our graduates and to all of us, let me talk about four things Psalm 1 says we must choose. Number one is this, choose prosperity over perishing. Prosperity over perishing. Now there's two words I want us to take a look at, verse number three and verse number six. Verse number three uses the word prosper, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever the God-fearing person does shall prosper. Now that word in the Hebrew there means exactly what you think it means, even with more depth of meaning. It means to prosper or to succeed or to be victorious. It's used of something that turns out successfully. It's used of a prosperous person. It indicates a successful person. It has the sense of succeeding in whatever endeavor you choose. It was the word that was used of a mighty weapon that was successful in battle. There's nothing but good surrounding the word. So in verse number three, where it says of a God-fearing person that, that whatever he does prospers, there is nothing but, but good vibes wrapped up in that verb. Man, that when you, when you do what those first few verses say, a God-fearing person has prosperity in their life, has success in their lives. Well, then you turn the coin over and there's verse number six. In verse number six, it says, for those who are not God-fearing people, that their lives end in ruin. The King James uses the word perishing. That verb in the Hebrew means to perish or to be lost or to wander or to destroy or devolve into some degree of disorder. Perish, disorder, lost, wandering. Just like verse number three, the word success, there's nothing but good about the word. In verse number six, the word ruin, there's nothing but bad about the word. There's no way to use the word in a good context. And so someone lays out the choice for you that literally you are making those decisions every day of your life. That every day of your life, you are choosing prosperity over perishing. You're choosing them with your actions, you're choosing them with your attitudes, you're choosing them with every decision you make. And as you grow into adulthood, listen, there are those of us who can testify that you will choose one or the other. So I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, preacher, well, I got this one. I choose prosperity, point number two. Well, there's a problem with that. Like I know that if it were that simple, that that's what we'd all choose, right? Prosperity. Like I, I take success, preacher. If I have to choose success or ruin, I'm, I'm going to choose success. Well, problem with that. There's a catch. And the catch is that our enemy has a way of dressing his way of ruin up to make it look like prosperity. When in fact it's ruin. We see this verse in the Bible. Don't ever forget this verse. It says, and no wonder, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 14... 
For Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Can I tell you that Satan has the ability to make bad look good, good look bad, failure look like success, ruin look like prosperity. And so you have to be careful what you choose because at a quick glance, you might think, oh, this will bring me success. Oh, this will bring me prosperity. Oh, this will bring me happiness in life. And Satan, man, as an angel of light, can dress it all up. And I've seen people over the years defend what they thought would make them happy. When it was just ruin dressed up by the devil. If you're not careful, you'll spend your life chasing fake success. That's only going to lead to failure. I saw this news article. There's a, a lady by the name of Kaylee Wilkes who um, was proud of her little succulent plant. She had a little succulent plant, and this is not a joke. It was actually in the news that she was been caring and watering for this plant for months, and she thought it had grown, and she was going to put it in a bigger pot. And here's what she said. I was so proud of this plant. It was full. It was beautiful. It was colored well. Just an overall perfect plant. I had a watering plan for it. If someone else tried to water my succulent, I would get so defensive because I wanted to keep good care of it. I absolutely loved my succulent. And so when she decided it had grown enough to put in a larger vase, she was shocked to find out the plant was plastic. She said, I put so much love in this plant. I I washed its leaves. I tried my hardest to keep it going. It's it's completely plastic. How did I not know, she said. She was watering a plastic plant. And she thought it grew. That's even worse. (laughs) Can I tell you this? That's what a lot of people do in life. They water fake prosperity. They water fake success. And the enemy, the devil will dress up and deceive, ruin and perishing and make it look like success. But listen to me, it is not. And what you have to do is walk so close to the Lord that you can tell the difference between a fake plant and a real one. That you can tell the difference between ruin and success. See, every decision you make is a prosperity or perish decision. Every decision you make is a prosperity or perish decision. Who you're going to marry, trust me, prosperity or success or ruin. Your finances, success or ruin. Your habits, success or ruin. Your morality, success or ruin. Whether you're going to have a quiet time or not with the Lord, even in college, success or ruin. Or ruin. Your friends, success or ruin. Every one of those decisions will put you on one path or another, prosperity or perish, you choose. Hey, I'm just gonna venture out and say there's some adults that need to listen to that advice. 
There's some adults that you've been so duped by the enemy that you are setting a bad example for your kids, your high schoolers, your graduates, your grown kids, because you have been duped because you've not walked close enough to the Lord to tell the difference between success and fake success. There's some teenagers that are still in high school. Man, you, you, you are being duped by the devil into believing that where you're putting your effort and energy will bring happiness and it won't. If you're a recent graduate, hey, hear me well. You've already been faced with those choices, but in college it's going to be so much more. Don't water the devil's plastic plants. It only leads to ruin. Choose God. Number two, the choice you have to make is to choose to follow the Lord over the crowd. Now, verse one is about following the crowd. I love verse 1. As a matter of fact, look in your Bible with it in verse number 1. How happy is the one who does not, here it is, three things, walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Walk in the advice of the wicked, hang out with sinners, or, can I just give you Joel's version here? This is rude. I shouldn't say this. Walk in the advice of the wicked, hang out with sinners, or participate with idiots. It's kind of the way it ought to be translated. Wicked, sinning, idiots. Can I tell you, you find them everywhere. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you that if you want to get into trouble, you don't have to go far. The crowd is headed that way. And if you get most of your advice from people far from God, you hang out with them, and you get talked into what they're doing, you are headed for trouble. Like if you get your advice from people who don't know God, who are far from God, who've never known God, it's never going to be good advice. If you're just hanging out with them, if you're getting talked into what they're doing, which is a problem in high school, college, and adult life, you are headed to ruin. You say, well, what's the alternative? The alternative is verse number two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Christian Standard says his delight is in the Lord's instructions. Meaning that you go to God for advice on life, not the wicked, scornful, and mockers. Can I tell you this, that there is nothing in the word of God that will guide you wrong? You'll never be obedient to this Bible and later on in life say, well, I wish I had not have done that. Never happen. Why is it that the mistake good people often make is that we follow the advice of the crowd instead of going to God? It's a funny news story just the other day. Um, a bank accidentally deposited $120,000 into the wrong account. And here, here is the couple that the BB&T Bank deposited $120,000 in the wrong account. They lived in, in uh, Montersville, Pennsylvania. So the couple naturally called the bank and said, there's been a mistake. Well, actually, that's not what they did. Actually, they bought an SUV, a race car two four-wheelers, and a camper, 
as well as paying all their bills and giving friends $15,000. Robert and Tiffany Williams. Shock of all shocks, the bank contacted them after realizing the error and said, we'd like to have the money back. Well, of course they did. Of course you knew they would. But the problem is, even though the bank contacted them days after the money, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I need what I got in my account. I don't know, last I looked, we had $43 in the account. All right, well, weird. Now we have $120,043. Did you win the lottery? No. Well, let's act like we did, all right? The bank took them to court. And here's what he told a TV reporter outside the court. All I'm going to say is we took some bad legal advice from some people. And it probably wasn't the best thing in the end. Can I say this? He does not say he took bad legal advice from an attorney. He said we took bad legal advice from some people. You know who the people were? He looked at Bubba, who he was just written a $10,000 check to. And he said, Bubba, what should I do with this? And Bubba said, you ought to write me a check. You ought to buy a camper. You ought to buy a race car. Yeah, he gave them like go-to-jail advice. Can I tell you this? Not just in that situation, but man, you can get some bad advice when you follow the crowd. I love that old saying, it's been around forever, but it's so true that you you can't soar with the eagles when you're running with the turkeys. And you're going to find a lot of turkeys in your life that are giving you a lot of advice. But if it's not from the Lord, be careful. Get your advice from God and his word. Listen to the preacher. Listen to the Sunday school teacher. Listen to your godly parents. And don't follow the crowd. Follow the Lord. Number three, I'm just going to hit this one quickly. Choose a fruitful life over a worthless life. You see in verses three and four that they stand on opposite sides of the aisle. In verse number three, you find the godly successful person is a stable, fruitful person. The imagery is of a great tree planted by the water that has a continual source of resources and life and constantly produces over its long and fruitful life. It's a beautiful picture. Verse number four, you find chaff, which are empty husks of grain that are blown all over, amount to nothing, and have no root or success at all. One's a picture of a lifetime of success. One is a picture of lifetime of nothing, worthlessness. Here's what you need to know. Follow God, you'll have a lifetime of success. Doesn't mean wealth. Doesn't mean wealth. Let me give you a great way to sum it up. It means when you get to the end of your life and look back, you'll see the blessing and the hand of the Lord over your whole life. You choose the worthless life, you get to the end of your life, you'll look back and see missed opportunities, blown chances, and bad decisions. Missed opportunities, blown chances, and bad decisions. It's your choice to have a fruitful life or a worthless life. And finally, number four, and I'm finished. Choose protection over destruction. Here's what verse six sums it up and says. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous... But the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Verse 6 is a beautiful verse. It says, the Lord watches over those who are following him. 
That when you walk with the Lord, he takes special interest in everything that is going on in your life. He watches where you are going. He watches what you are doing. He watches how you are thinking. I know you think, well, why is he doing that? Here's why. He knows the traps the enemy has for you. And what you don't know is that all along, he gently guides and directs you and removes obstacles, obstacles to make your path prosperous. The Lord's watching over you the way a parent watches over a toddler. And he guides your life into success, around the obstacles, through the difficulties, through the hard times in life. What beautiful imagery and how comforting is that, that the Lord's protection is on those who follow him. But here's the flip side. The way of the wicked leads to ruin. Those that don't follow the Lord are headed straight to ruin. No protector, no director, no helper, no guide, no care. As a matter of fact, the enemy will grease the skids on your path to destruction. He delights in seeing you fail, fall, and flounder. When you choose to follow the Lord, you're choosing protection over destruction. I'm finished. I'll tell you one illustration, I'm done. May 8th, 1981. The ground near Deming Drive and Fairbanks Avenue collapsed in Florida. By the next day, it swallowed a three-bedroom home belonging to Miss May Rose Mimi. Let me show you the picture. Williams. It swallowed part of the swimming pool, five Porsches from a German car dealership. The hole eventually became 320 feet Long, that's a football field, and filled to a depth of 90 feet. It's now filled with water, and it's called Lake Rose after the owner of the house who sunk. It's a giant sinkhole in Florida. As a matter of fact, if you look at a map of sinkholes in Florida, they're all right there in that one region almost. Central Florida is basically falling into the ocean. People love to say, well, that, that came out of nowhere. But did you know when it comes to most sinkholes, they're wrong? The hole appears suddenly, but the process that led to a sinkhole has gone on for many years. Central Florida is that sinkhole hotbed, mostly because of construction that diverts the water and the drainage so that the water drainage erodes in a place underground or it fills another uh, place beyond capacity, causing it to burst the water to flow out and the ground to cave in. So what you think as a sinkhole happened just in a split second didn't. It was a continual erosion where nobody could see. In other words, the destruction happened in a minute but the process had been going on for a long time. Graduates, teenagers, adults. We may suddenly see the destruction, but it's the little decisions day by day that lead you away from the Lord that are really the problem. And if you're not careful, you'll build a sinkhole life where you're having Issue after issue and by choice after by choice. And you're saying, well, I'm doing fine. But you're not. One of these days, the ground's going to fall out from under you. And it's your choice. You choose. And the most important decision you make 
is whether or not you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. I want to tell you today, it's as simple as A, B, C. A, you've got to admit that you can't earn your way to heaven, work your way to heaven, get there on your own, that you are a sinner and you have fallen short of the perfection of God. That's true for you, that's true for me, that's true for all of us. And you have to get to the place where you say, I can't buy my way in, can't earn my way in. God, it's all up to you. And here's what he did. B, you've got to believe that he died on the cross for your sin and rose again on the third day. That's called the gospel. And then C, you have to confess him as the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't care if you're going to college, graduated college, if you're heading into high school or you're an adult who's never made that decision, that is the most important thing you'll choose today. Today, if you'd like to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life and know that Christ is on your side, that Christ is in your life and heaven is your home, I'm going to invite you to right where you are to just to bow your heads and pray with me. And pray something like this. It doesn't have to be this exact prayer, but something like this. Your intent is to trust Jesus. Pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned and I can't earn my way into heaven. I know that Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again on the third day. And just now invite Christ into my life to forgive me of my sin, to give me a home in heaven, and I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Hey, look this way. If you just prayed that prayer, you are born again. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to text the word I did to the number 97,000. Where the phone number goes, put in 97,000. And in the, where, the te- where the body of the text goes, text I did, no spaces, I did to 97,000. We're going to send you out a booklet in the mail that tells you the seven steps to take in the Christian life that come right after salvation. So we're going to get that out to you. So just text I did to 97,000. Now, if you're a graduate, hold on. If you're a parent, hold on. I shot out a video where I, I talked about the two biggest temptations of going to college. And parents, I want you to watch it as well. Watch it with your kids because I'm pretty bold and direct in this video. And I want you to watch it. And so go here to this place, pvine.org slash choose. I'm going to tell you the two biggest temptations when you head off to college. And you need to know them. And I'd invite everybody to watch the video today. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Share this link with someone tomorrow night. We'll have Monday Night Rewind at 9 o'clock, and it gives you an opportunity to be a digital witness and send it to someone. You may know a graduate. You you may know an adult, a teenager that needs to hear this sermon. Hey, send it to them tomorrow. Monday night, 9 o'clock is our Monday Night Rewind, and they can watch this again. And it'll be on the app just in a few days. Pevine, we love you. Can't wait till we meet again. Thank you for tuning in today. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thankful, Lord, that even though our enemy lays those traps for us, that that when we are following you, there's protection over destruction. You see those traps. You recognize them. You gently guide and lead us around those. Lord, we've got all kinds of kids who are headed to college. The devil's going to lay a lot of traps. Lord, they're adults, teenagers. The devil's laying a lot of traps. The choice is ours. We choose. I pray that today we'll choose success. We'll choose the Lord. We'll choose fruitfulness. We'll choose protection. 
And God, do something in our lives that only you can do. And Lord, our prayer is, I prayed it this morning at 714. I prayed again. Bring revival and heal our land. Heal it spiritually, hear it physically. Let the summer sun burn away this disease like the flu does, whatever it takes. And may it be so, so we can meet again soon. Protect those that are yours. Help us be a good gospel witness. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.